Welcome to Hot Lava Podcast. Kevin Acey, Padres beat writer for the Union Tribune. Jay Posner, he's the sports editor. That's what it says on his screen if you're watching live. Jay, Padres just Kevin. Braves, the world champions. Uh, they scored big in the first game. They barely scored, but they won in the final game. They had two 5-2 losses in between. We need to get into the offense. The Reds come to town. Wow, they're on a roll. They have uh, lost six in a row. They're two and eight. They split with the Braves to start the season. Same as the Padres. Won the first game and the last game. Dropped two to the Guardians and four to the Dodgers. Got outscored by, I think, three to one uh, in that four-game series against the Dodgers. That's where we're at. Where do you want to start? Pitching, uh, offense, what, what is what? – one of well, them's going to be happy. One of them is makes you very sad. Which one? Well, you know which way I'm going to go then. So uh, I, I was there last night, and, and uh, you know, they, they won, but it was one of those games where, like, you just kept – as they blew opportunity after opportunity, I, I just had this sense, like, they're going to lose this game on, like, a bloop single and a pop fly home run or something, although home runs don't go out anymore, which is another issue. But you just kept waiting for all those missed opportunities to catch up to them. I mean, they did a great job working walks from uh, Bryce Elder, the young Graves pitcher. Doug Eddings seemed to do a pretty professional job behind the plate, which was refreshing both ways. And yet the Padres couldn't get a hit. So they had they were 0 for 9 with runners in scoring position. Saturday, they, they pulled off what has to be extreme rarity, which is that, as you wrote, they didn't have a, a hit in score, with a runner in scoring position because they didn't even have an at-bat with a runner in scoring I'm position. I'm very they disappointed in myself I didn't look that up as to when the last time it happened, but you're right, a rarity. It, you know, they hit two home runs, but nobody else touched second, got to second base. And then uh, Friday night, when I was there as well and, McKen- and watched Mackenzie Gore, which we, who we can get to in a minute, I, they only had one hit with a runner in scoring position that night as well. Let's just say they're not going to win too many games, too many series, if they have one hit per weekend with a runner in scoring position. The obvious question is, is it too early to panic? The obvious answer is yes. Is it too early to be a little bit concerned? Yeah, probably not. No, sir. Absolutely not. And especially in that it is very similar to how the final, let's say, even three or plus months of last season went, even when they were winning and and doing okay in June and, and parts of July. This is a continuation of that. So it's definitely a concern. I will say they're generally middle of the pack. As bad as these offensive uh, stats are, the Padres Mm -hmm. as a team, they're not the worst. And and that is not to say that you're shooting to not be the worst. This isn't the old (laughs) Padres where 28th and batting average was an improvement. Um, But being that it's this early and if you want to look around the league and say, huh, seems like offense is down. Right. Through eleven games, some teams have played ten. I even think there's a couple that have played nine. But but yeah, the teams all ahead of the Padres have all played nine. So it's all it, it is absolutely concerning. I mean, without a doubt, when they've scored forty five runs and twenty two of those came in two games, right? right. That's incredible. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's it's just very odd. And like you said, offense is is down around the league. You know, the Padres obviously are missing their best offensive player and will be for a couple of months. Uh, they've had some guys that have, have stepped up in, in the absence of Tatis, uh, at, at least until the last couple of days. Uh, I think Hosmer had one hit last night. Machado slowed down a little bit over the weekend. Grisham hit the home run and worked a couple, uh, on Saturday, did work a couple walks. 
last night. But, I mean, until Hosmer's hit late in the game last night, their only two hits came back-to-back from Hassan Kim and C.J. Abrams. That's where their runs came, too, after a hit the, batter. And, <laughs> right, a hit batter and a, and a hustle play from Cronenworth, you know, beating out a grounder to shortstop. So, yeah, I mean, there was just nothing to speak of offensively the last three nights, except it hit a couple home runs on uh, on Saturday. Even Friday, I mean, I think there was one hit that somebody blooped into the outfield and Hassan Kim used his speed to score uh, a run that, you know, maybe they wouldn't have scored otherwise. So they need more guys to hit. I mean, it's it's not like they, anybody needs us to tell them that. But, you know, Will Myers has been out. You know, Matt Beatty played in his stead and hasn't done anything. You know, Grisham's average is way down. I expected Abrams, you know, I don't expect Abrams to hit. That's I, I don't even think the Padres expect him to hit at this point. I mean, he's he's done everything he's needed to do defensively. He's played three different positions already in his first week and a half in the big leagues and played them all well. So I don't think anybody can complain about that. And you can afford to do something like that if other guys are hitting. But, yes. you know, Luke Voigt, as, you know, as he told Bryce Miller after the game the other day, was has been pathetic. That was voice word, not not mine or anybody else's. So a, a lot of guys aren't doing very well. They've also played, I think, six percent of the season. So it's you know it's one of those yes. things. Now the Reds stink. These are the kind of games where we've talked about before. You you can't let these opportunities get by. When you play bad teams like this, you need to you know you need to beat them. You need to put them away and then get ready for a big weekend um, against the Dodgers. And by the way, I'm going to point this out. Clayton Kershaw and Sean Manaya scheduled to pitch on Sunday. Very excited about that one. You've got Manaya Musgrove, Gore going this series. Right. You are facing the Reds. You don't win two of three and at, at least be, you know, eight and six through this first 14 to start the season. Then it's obviously a disappointment. Um, it's not the end of the world. It happens where you drop two or three to the Reds. But come on, come on, come on. Right. Uh, right. In between the defending world champions and the 27 Yankees, you're playing the Reds. <laughs> and, uh, you know, you've got to take advantage of that. Manaya is going to give you, you know, not every time, but you absolutely feel confident that the next two sure. nights, the um, guys are going to give you uh, six innings. I think, what is it, six out of the six out of the 11 games, they've gotten six plus from their starters. And three times, actually, of the 10 times that an actual starting pitcher has started, None of them are only uh, you, Darvish, who went two right. and two thirds or one and two thirds, one sorry, and two thirds yeah. uh, in Arizona, went fewer than five innings. Martinez yeah. had both of the five inning starts, and uh, Mackenzie Gore had a one of the more fantastic five and one third inning uh, outings in his major league debut. So all of that that I stumbled through is to say that the starting pitching is giving you as much as could possibly be expected at this point. Now, right. I said offense is down in defense of the Padres offense. I, I don't know what that means uh, for in defense of, or I mean, um, you know, to kind of put in perspective the Padres pitching. But the fact is, like, these guys are giving them everything they could. Right. And and Darvish had the one bad start in San Francisco when it was, you know, the windshield oh, was like yes. 45 or whatever it was. I, I'm willing to, to toss that. I thought he looked very good last night. Um you know, we'll talk about Gore from from Friday night. I mean, he went five and a third, and I I got the sense that if the lineup had been a little different, he could have he would have gone on. I think he threw seventy three pitches, uh, but he walked a batter, and they had two right handed batters coming up in the sixth inning. And so I thought it was absolutely the right move there yeah. 
to get him out. But, you know, if he doesn't walk that guy, maybe he still stays in and, and pitches there uh, to those guys because he didn't really look like he was he was weakening, like, he, you know, he might have had another uh, – been able were- to finish that inning. But I, I was struck by uh, – well, obviously his stuff. I mean, he's, you know, he's throwing 94 to 96. Uh, didn't think he got very many uh, the breaking balls over um, that night but looked very poised out there, uh, you know, gave up the one home run to, um, uh, you know, Ozzie Albies, who, who did his best Joe Morgan impression over the weekend, blasting three home runs in three games. Uh, but he, you know, and I, and I watched him leave in the field after that inning, and he walked to the dugout, and, you know, Bob Melvin was the first guy there to, you know, pat him on the back, like obviously saying, don't worry about it, and he, he didn't let it, he didn't let it get to him. Very athletic on the mound, made a couple of nice plays. He just, you know, he looks the part and yes. uh, and and looked like the kind of guy that you can count on to only get better as as time goes on. It doesn't mean he's not going to have his bad starts, uh, just like any of these guys aren't. I mean, you Darvish can get shelled; anybody can. But I, I I thought for for a start, it was really really impressive. Kind of glad he gets to face the Reds on Wednesday and skip the Dodgers. Not sure he necessarily needs to go Braves Dodgers back to back in his uh, in his first two starts, and then he can pitch on the road wherever you, one of those NL Central cities you go next week. I believe it'll be Cincinnati that he'll line up again. So I'm, you yeah. know, like he gets Cincinnati at Petco, which is a real ballpark, and then he gets Cincinnati in a in a bandbox. Though so I will say that I have seen that two of the days have 40 percent chance of rain in Cincinnati, and my experience is that 40 percent in Cincinnati means 100 percent in San Diego. So uh, could be some <laughs> more rain delays there in Cincinnati. Just had to throw that out. You, what you said about is looking the part, and and uh, I think it's a product of him having his stuff back, right? But mm-hmm. That was one of the great things, and that's one of the separators between a number three starter, um, four starter, five starter, and, a, and an ace. Stuff plus makeup. And, and Mackenzie Gore did not look like the the confident kid that everyone said was coming to the majors and was going to you know kick some butt. He did not look like that guy for a couple spring trainings, and it was back this spring training along with his stuff, obviously. And so I, I just thought that was huge. Uh, threw a slider when his slider wasn't working, but he said, uh, seemed like a good time to throw it. And he struck out Ozzy Albies with it. Uh, right. And earlier, I thought it was great. He threw not a terrible slider to walk um, to walk Matt Olson. Now, there it was. That was not a terrible slider. It was in the first inning. It was 3-2, and he threw the mm-hmm. slider. And in AAA, very well could have gotten the strikeout. That right. was Matt Olson, who's getting on base at 55% clip for the season, and that's exactly what he did against the Padres, too. He was 7 for 15, two doubles, a, a homer, and three walks. It was incredible. Uh, if anyone's matching what Joe Musgrove did coming home last year, having a no-hitter in his second start, it's Matt right. Olson going home to Atlanta area and starting the way he has. But anyway, I thought that that, that was like – okay, there were like these learning moments, right? That slider has to be a little bit better, or maybe mm-hmm. some of the pitches earlier have to make Matt Olson chase that, whatever it was, I don't know. But um, that was that learning moment. He was not great that night. It wasn't like, whoa. But he, without his best stuff, he goes five and a third. I hate to say this because if, if Eric Homer had scooped a ball uh, on an incredible play by Manny Machado, mm-hmm. the – 
fifth inning would have been over sooner. Maybe he could have stayed in, you know, a little because let me tell you something. The Padres don't have any errors. First team since what, 1901 or something to not have any errors through 11 games. And Eric Hosmer is the reason they don't have some errors, uh, is one of the reasons they don't have some errors. Uh, so I hate to appoint it out to be, you know, messed up. No, but I had, I had to laugh because we got an email from one of our guys that we get emails from all the time who was like ripping Hosmer for that play, not scooping it up. And I was just laughing, like, you know, you know, he has saved probably five errors from, from other guys. I mean, they, that's how it is. Look, I, as I said many times, I can be as critical of Hosmer as anyone, but not all the time. I mean, yeah. he's 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 not completely hopeless, yeah. and he he has had a pretty good defensive start. I think that, as I recall, and I haven't seen every batter of every game, that might be the only. There's only been one, maybe two balls that he hasn't scooped. Maybe um, another one that was a little year. even more difficult than that one. Yeah, but there've yeah. been at least four that. Like, come on. Like, I'm not saying they're great or that a first baseman, no. a, a good first baseman shouldn't make them. I'm not putting, right. giving him his gold glove from the American <laughs> League back, right? But I'm I'm, I'm saying, damn. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, I, I just had to say that since I pointed out that he maybe was one of the things that didn't go exactly right for Mackenzie right. Moore. By the way, Manny Machado's defense. I was just, I was just going to say that he was so good Friday night. Uh, I mean, he's so good, you know, all the time. But Friday night, it was just like one fantastic play after another. And and I even mentioned to uh, the friend that I was at the game with, who you know as well, I said, you know, and I've said this before, not watching Manny on a regular basis or or even very rarely in the American League, you know, he always heard he was a good defensive player. And we've said this before, no idea that he was this good until you watch him day in and day out. And and I think that's probably the case with a lot of guys. If the guys are either this good or this bad that you don't see, you see, you know, their flaws and their good things uh, when you see him every day. But Machado defensively is just amazing. I've said it before. So good that you take him for granted, right? Oh, so good for that sure. you forget until he has a weekend like that. And then, you know, no matter what, and they look, he was really good on Saturday as well. And you go, okay, you know, no one could possibly miss this, but my favorites are like, there was a, uh, a hard grounder that he got with one of his, you know, go back and like he's his backs mm-hmm. to the plate practically. Yeah. And, before he th- he it was so hard and so preposterous that he stopped it and just smoothly he looked over at the like the third base dugout and then did his easy <laughs> throw to first base it's the somewhat routine but kind of hard play that he makes and it, it but it's like every single time it's right really whereas look Nolan Arenado is phenomenal, but Nolan Arenado plays third base like you and I would be if we had any talent. Throwing himself all <laughs> over the place, you know, a little bit spastic, you know, playing the hot corner. Mm-hmm. Whereas Manny plays it like he just woke up, and <laughs> yet it's better than anybody else. And I just, uh, it's, it's. Well, that's because that's because he doesn't hustle. Remember. <laughs> <laughs> but he plays every single game. Um, and, uh, and he was leading the league in stolen bases for a while. I don't know if he still is, but I think he had, didn't he have three? He had three, he two in a game. Three, and he was, and he was leading, uh, he was leading the league in steals, which I thought was, uh, which I thought was great. Um, other pitching over the weekend, uh, who else pitched? Nick Martinez pitched on Saturday. He was, Look, he's he your number shaky. five starter. Yeah, he's a number five guy. The, both of his starts, to me, have have had sort of the same 
feel to them where he's in trouble quite a bit. Uh, he's able to get out of it. You know, one pitch here with a double play, one pitch there with a single. It goes your way. It doesn't go your way. But, you know, he looks like he's he's certainly fine. I mean, they could have used him last year when they were rolling out, you know, Jake Arietta and Vince Velasquez down the stretch. Great I mean, he's point, a, Jay. The far Great cry point. from from those guys. If he's it, right now, it appears like if if Nick Martinez is your worst starter, and if he's your number, well, he might be their number six or even seven starter. If Clevenger and Snell both come back, if you have that guy as your as your sort of spot start guy, I think you're doing you, you've got a pretty good staff. Let's talk about that because Mike Clevenger should be back on this road trip, right? He's got a second okay. uh, start, and I forget when it was. Uh, it's maybe tomorrow, but yeah, he pitched uh, Thursday, and then he, tomorrow he's going to pitch. Uh, I think in Vegas for okay. El Paso. So then he's back as long as he goes, you know, the the 70 pitches or whatever, he's back. They'd like him to be at, you know, that there's this strong possibility he goes five innings in his first start. So then Clevenger's back. So what happens to Martinez slash Gore? Now, right. it could depend on what happens. It actually probably largely depends on what happens in the next start for Martinez and or Gore. So then Blake Snell further off is going to have two rehab starts probably the next homestand, Blake Snell's back. Now, as we see, these things often have a way of taking care of themselves, but it is early enough in the season that potentially no one's hurt, no one's, uh, you know, real tired, and all of a sudden the Padres have seven starters. So I, I honestly, I don't know. It, it's, um, is Nick Martinez become your, let's say that Mackenzie Gore goes six uh, and it, it's two runs or something. I don't think he's going anywhere. Does Martinez become kind of your swing guy? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, you you sort of have Chris Matt in that role um, right now, although he's I, I don't Chris Matt's not normally a guy who's going to go more than three innings. I know he has, but he's he's not a guy you would expect. So I don't know. It's going to be really interesting. I, I think Jeff Sanders told me yesterday that someone asked Bob Melvin if he had thought about a seven man rotation. So I I don't think that that's a possibility. I don't think they're going to do a six man rotation either. I mean, one thing you have, and I mentioned this to Jeff yesterday, is you start getting off days yes. in these situations. You don't want Sean Manaya and Joe Musgrove and you Darvish pitching once a week. And they you know, don't every want seven. To, right. That's great. You know, these guys are are really good pitchers. You know, it, that would be like, you know, we only want Manny Machado having having three at bats a night um, or, or two at bats a night. I mean, those guys need to be on the mound. You know, we uh, want to get Hassan Kim some more playing time. So we're going to use 10 batters. Uh, right. <laughs> and, and cut down on, on risk cutting down on Manny Machado's uh, plate appearances. Absolutely. So uh, it is. It's interesting. Yeah. It is certainly not a concern because you're going to figure it out. If the worst thing that happens is Nick Martinez isn't getting enough work or or something, then mm -hmm. so be it. Uh, but I doubt yeah. that that's going to happen. You know, we you got to game plan these things, right? You got to wargame these things, but they generally have a, a way of working themselves out. And if they don't. Okay, well then Nick Martinez, you know, pitched two innings in in twelve days, um, you know, right. and then he threw in the bullpen right. three times. Uh, that's yeah. just the way that no, a good team sometimes has to do it. Exactly. I, I was interested last night, and and I I know you weren't you weren't there, and I'm not sure if you watched any of it, but I'm sure you looked at what happened. Um, the Padres went. They had Darvish got in trouble in the seventh, and Stephen Wilson came in as in a very, very high leverage spot, which I thought was uh, was interesting. Made one pitch, got out of it. 
And then the eighth inning, I was waiting for Pierce Johnson, who had, had gotten hit a little bit on Friday, although I didn't think he was that bad Friday. A couple of well-placed well-placed balls, but he was he was the Good victim. Point. Yep. Didn't have his greatest stuff. But here came Luis Garcia to pitch the eighth inning, and he was fine. I can't remember which one of them faced Olsen. I'd have to look it up, but and, and I, I've got it. Um, but I, I was laughing because Olsen hit one so far down the right field line. I thought he was going to hit Jack up there on the uh, on the foul pole, and it and it went foul. And it was one of those like I could hear Mark Grant and Alpine, you know, saying "strike one" <laughs> kind of thing, and and they ended up uh, ended up getting him out. But it was it was one of those things where it was like when it left the bat, it was like uh oh. Um, so I'm I'm looking here and it was uh it was Garcia with I, two out and nobody on that faced him. I think and, your uh, point is just about the the eighth inning guy and and, and, and yeah, my play. long it's a long way of saying we've now seen Wilson in high leverage, we've seen Garcia in high leverage, we've seen Pierce Johnson in high leverage. Do you see this as sort of a rotation basis well, where now you're gonna want to talk to me afterward about my planned story for tomorrow because my plan b was this exact topic i've i've been trying to find a, a place and a way to find it or to write it um it is it's a great question jay and and my the the answer so far is that these they're trying to figure this out right garcia wasn't around so pierce johnson besides taylor rogers pierce johnson had the only defined role in the bullpen uh, you could argue Stephen Wilson, who's been in in medium or high leverage situations in every situ in, in every uh, appearance that he's made. Um, but Pierce Johnson was your eighth inning guy. I got the impression from Bob Melvin um, that Luis Garcia will be your eighth inning guy most of the time. But okay. that the the bullpen is just this evolving thing based on a lot of things. You have a new manager. You have a lot of new relievers. You had Robert Suarez blow up in the first game. You've had some relief, other relievers not do great. Um, and then you've had games where you haven't really had to use a lot of relievers. So, like, they haven't really been able to define. I mean, I, did, I made myself some notes about this uh, story that – it's probably now going to run because you're going to tell me to run it um, that, you know, you've got guys who've come in at, in tie games up one, up eight, down one. You've got guys coming in in all different uh, situations because that's just how the season's played out. But it is something that they would like to get figured out. Relievers like to know. Right. So that they can be sitting there in the fifth inning of a two one game saying, OK, I really get myself mentally prepared because I'm likely the seventh inning guy. Um, and, you know, they like that. And Bob Melvin likes that. And, and so it is something that's evolving. I do. Well, and I think it has to evolve all the time, just from the standpoint of, of off of days where you can't have everybody, you know, if you, if you're going well and you play three or four tight games in a row, you can't have the same guys pitching seven, eight, nine in three or four straight games. You're going to need to to do some, some squad rotation mm -hmm. uh, in that uh, in that case. You know, Taylor Rogers, Taylor Rogers didn't pitch for five days because there just wasn't a spot for him. He pitched on Monday and then he wasn't about, and they, they were never in a in a situation where they needed him. So he didn't even pitch again until until last night. You know, and Garcia was fine, and and even Suarez Suarez pitched the other night. I think it was Friday, and uh, struck out a couple guys. And if I remember right, got out of an inning without uh what was it here he put, yeah he pitched an inning mm -hmm. got well, a strikeout oh, he, he gave up i think he was the guy that the, that was the ball that, that machado threw that hosmer didn't pick up and so then he walked the next guy and he but he got out of it with no runs but i mean by all rights that 
that should have been, that could have been, I shouldn't say should have been because you're counting on Machado making a great play. Um, but that could have been a one, two, three inning as it was, he, you know, he, he threw the ball. Well, he was, he was throwing hard. And so I, I don't think you're going to, again, write him off. Uh, I think he's like your seventh inning guy. And so yeah. is Pierce Johnson seventh and eighth. And then, you know, Castillo, or I'm sorry, Luis Garcia's in the eighth, and Suarez and Garcia get a lot of ground balls. I mean, they they really feel like within within all this uncertainty that they have a lot of good options. Now, every team is going to say that. But you know what? Those are some really good pitchers. And then Taylor Rogers, how amazing is this? The only good thing about this franchise for a long time was – Tony Gwynn and closers, right? Closers, uh, right. And I don't mean to overlook Jake Peavy and Adrian Gonzalez and all that, but right, you know what right. I'm saying. Who went yeah. to the All-Star game? Trevor Hoffman, Heath Bell, Houston Street. And the first time in franchise history that a guy's converted all four of his uh, all of his first four opportunities is Taylor Rogers. I thought that was – I love random baseball stats, and that's a good one. Right, right. Raleigh Fingers no. didn't do it? What? I know. He was being asked Mark, to go three innings, but anyway. Right, but I mean, they had fingers, they had gossage. Mark Davis won a Cy Young Award. The, the other guys that you uh, that you mentioned, and right, and here comes Taylor Rogers uh, doing it. And, and you mentioned Garcia getting a lot of ground balls, and I think all three outs yesterday um, were ground balls. And uh, a couple of them using the shift, by the way, which I know I know the shift's terrible, and, and every time somebody gives up a hit against the shift, it's like, why are we using the shift? There's a lot more plays like last night where the shift ends up working. And uh, that we don't notice because, oh, right. all right. I mean, Manny Machado has made so many plays, 5-3, that were actually 6-3, you know, because he was in the shortstop position. That's the new Manny shift, playing toward, shaded towards second base quite a bit. Uh, but I'll tell you this, that I the Braves got a couple key hits, one against the shift, and I think it was actually two on hit and runs. I thought that mm-hmm. was really interesting. Uh, right. The Braves were, were able to do that. And, uh, it, you know, that, maybe that's why they're a good team. I don't know. So, all right, Jay. I possible. Think, I think we're there. I think that's I think it. That's, that's good, Kevin. We've got, we've got three coming with the Reds and then a big weekend with the Dodgers before before a longer a long road trip again. But you get to be home for an entire week. That's a good thing. Yes. Uh, that's a good thing. And uh, an we'll off come back day on, at home. Yes. And an off day at home, right? And then uh, we'll come back on, on Friday and, and talk about a big weekend against the Dodgers. Looking forward to it. Thanks, everybody.